again to see your host for Behind the Pen. And as you can see, I have a very, very special guest today. It's William B. Davis. Welcome so much to the show, William. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's a real pleasure. Um, I have uh, some questions from some huge fans of X-Files, but I thought I'd leave them to the end. Um, okay. If you don't mind answering them later. No, that's fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and you've had a, an amazing career up to now. I mean, you're, you're still going um, with the, the shows and the, the short um, TV show that you're doing. Um, you've done directing, you've done teaching, acting, you've done writing, as you can see from behind me, the, the right. yeah. second book of yours. Um, and you've also founded uh, an acting school called the William Davis Centre of Acting Actors Study. Um, what you've achieved and what you've done so far is just absolutely amazing. But what I want to know is because you've done so much directing and you've done so much acting, what do you prefer? <laughs> I'm often asked that question and it's it's not an easy one to answer because no. the circumstances can make a lot of difference. Uh, um, acting, you when you act, you're a little more at the mercy of the circumstances given to you. You don't know who the other actors will be necessarily or who the director is. So you don't know whether it's going to be a really harmonious or good working arrangement. When you direct for the theater, you have much more control over the situation that you're creating. Um, that said, I still think I still think directing for the theater is really, really where I'm most at home. Um, yeah. but, uh, but I love doing them both. So it's hard to. I mean, uh, it started um, as uh, we'll go back to the X-Files, which is your iconic role of a cancer man or cigarette smoking man, as they right. call you. Um, it started uh, from what I remember. You were it was a pilot, and you auditioned for a small role, and you didn't get it, and so you got a non-speaking role of standing next to a filing cabinet. That's it. And yep. you were like, "Well, I feel like a piece of furniture. This isn't right." So you decided right. to just just move a little bit and and maybe walk around the room and sort of be. I, I don't know, something happened in that scene that made them think that man, yeah. we need that man, that man, that character, we need that character in this, in this series. Um, what happened after, after you did that? Uh, I know you waited a year until it, it actually came out, but um, what happened after you did that scene? Did they call you and say, you know, we want you to do more, here's the next script? I mean, I how did it work? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, at that time, they didn't know for sure the show would be picked up. It was just a pilot. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was some change in the, in the management between the pilot and the show, too. So, so that, would, that changed. Um, like Bob Goodwin came on as a, as a producer for the series, but he wasn't part of the pilot. So he didn't know anything about me except what he saw in the pilot. Um, so nothing much happened for me through the first season I came back for a couple of little things and and uh so so I think that you know I think they were interested in the kind of power or whatever that I communicated 
Um, and the fans got interested in who was that guy? Uh, what's that, what's going on there? And uh, then finally what happened in the second season was that uh, one group of writers that, uh, that they admired and worked for the show from time to time created a, this uh, episode called One Breath and had a huge role for me and uh, a big uh, confrontation scene with Mulder. And, and they kind of went, oh, oh, uh, well, I hope Bill Davis can act because we've got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that, that's where it went. And, um, and that went really well. And then, then the character got more interesting. And then even more accidents happened because, uh, because Jillian got pregnant then they had to do something about the structure of the story to, to, to work with that. Yeah. And so the structure of the story became about being kidnapped by aliens. And then that connected the cigarette smoking man to the aliens. <laughs> and, and then away we go. <laughs> it's uh, absolutely iconic. I mean, I know that you're, you're, you're well known to be a, a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal and uh, aliens right. and everything. I know you're very, uh, very strongly uh, about that. Um, but do you believe in fate? Because I think, can you imagine if you'd got that role, that small little acting role, where, where would you be now? Where, how, how things would have changed if you had got that one that you auditioned for? Oh, I, be I, I believe in I fate, you know? <laughs> to, to be honest, I don't think they were really auditioning me for that little role. When you look back on it, they had to have me read something because they had to, wanted to see me. But mm -hmm. I think they all always thought that I would be the mysterious man in the background. Um, so, I, <clears throat> uh, but, uh, but that said, yes, all sorts of accidents happen. I mean, I was uh, invited, I did, was based in Toronto and and I was asked to come to Vancouver to run an acting school in Vancouver. And that's how I ended up in Vancouver. And that's how I ended up auditioning for X-Files. If I'd stayed in Toronto, I would have had a completely different career. Fate, it is. Whether, whether I mean, I, I believe in fate and destiny. I think uh, you have a path. Well, you, and... well, you, well you, live in, you live in Greece, so you would, but. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Greece? No, no. Oh no! Absolutely beautiful place. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, I was I was looking at your um, CV. Let's call it. Yeah. And did you know that you have played a doctor twenty-one times <laughs> no, in your know. career? That you have actually that is the role that you've played the most of in in all wow. your TV and film. Right. A doctor. I had no idea. I had no idea. Huh. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, I know. Yeah. Is it true that you were a former national water skier and that you had the record for the old age division? Yep, that's true. That's that true. is awesome. That is so awesome. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, when I think old age division, I mean, what to, sort of age were we talking when you got that record? Um, well, well, the 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 senior senior water skiing is divided into basically five year age groups. So, so I think I held the record for the age. I think it was probably sixty to sixty five wow. at that time. I think. Um, 
maybe even 65 to 70. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've held a few of them. They're all gone now. Some younger guys have taken them over, but, but uh, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, I know it's going back uh, seven, 70 years maybe, but what can you, what, out of everything you've done, what really sticks in your mind as one of your favorite roles that you've played? Ah, wow. Let's see. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure how to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, one of the uh, one of the most uh, going back quite a ways. One of the most. Uh, um, turning points for me as an actor more uh, helped me to really understand what actors do mm. um, was when I played Don John in Much Do About Nothing in a rep company in England in Chesterfield because uh, I was mostly there as a director but they gave me a couple of things they wanted me to act in and and Don John's kind of the villain of the piece yeah and and so what I found, I what I found, I did, and what I've now done subsequently in many other roles is I found a way to see that Don John was actually the hero, that he was really justified in what he was doing, and it really made sense, and he really had to do what he did, um, and then that gave me motivation that carried me uh, in, in, into the into the play, and and that notion that you have to play to win whatever role you're playing and you have to believe in what you're doing i mean that's and that's all part of, in my book too about what yeah. it is an actor does so so that was a formative role i don't know if it's my favorite role but it was certainly a formative role so we can we can blame shakespeare for for your turning point yes yes you can <laughs> i love that who was who else was in that uh play was there any big names at all in that no uh, no no just... you would, it, was, it was a right. it was a rep company there was some good actors but uh nobody i think that uh i can't think of anyone that has has become really well known but um the first book you published it was in uh, 2011 and it was called uh where there's smoke amusing of a cigarette smoking man um i had to listen to the uh, audiobook i love that you narrated it yourself because ah. I, I say to say to any author um if you are writing your memoir your autobiography then it should be you doing the audiobook because it's your story who would right. tell it best yeah 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 no i'm glad you i'm glad you listened to that it was fun to do yeah yeah i'm sure it was yeah have you done any other voiceovers in your time i've done some um not as many as i think i should because i think i'm good at it but i, I but, love your voice <laughs> it's yeah, so distinctive <laughs> yeah yeah um and i will do the uh, narration for my next my current book on acting and life i will narrate that but i have not done that yet yet but that's coming up i was going to ask yep. you about that um so the book is this book uh, on acting and life it's divided into two parts part one takes um a rather colorful journey through your 70 years of acting and then the heart of the book concentrates on acting what you've learned and how you want to bring your philosophy of bringing acting into the 21st century well done yeah good 
so how how different is it from from how people are learning uh when it comes to uh acting to how you feel people should um how it should be taught to people now what's what's um, what's the change <clears throat> what's different it i mean it, it's taught many different ways so it's hard to mm -hmm. kind of really generalize but but what kind of inspired the method well let's go back really far let's go back to first of all to uh to when they really focused on result and and um and the days of olivier and uh, and the old what we used to call the old school um <laughs> and then with stanislavski and the method came this what was then in the 20th century thought to be the modern way to work um and when but when you look at way the that worked which was was good in many ways because it involved identi really identifying identifying with the character and really yeah. putting yourself really into it um but it was very still freudian based in many ways and assuming a kind of um and 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 dualistically based if you like assuming that the human being is in two parts this goes back to me being a skeptic as we talked about before but um if i have a, a soul or put another way if i have an essence that's somehow unique to me but is a unique thing then when i play a character i'm looking to create a different unique essence yes so i'm, I'm looking to transfer my essence to someone else yeah but if we look at it in what i think is a more 21st century version we don't actually have an essence we are actually evolved animals and we don't have an essence and so the attempt to move mine to someone else is 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 a um old-fashioned way now <laughs> a logistical impossibility and old well. so what we're really trying to do is put ourselves uh in into action within the story as if it's us so even if i'm playing macbeth i'm playing me as in a, macbeth in yeah in a different um a milieu a different background a different whatever uh with a certain wife that <laughs> propels me into action and so on and so on um, but it's still me that does it i'm not trying to become a an evil character who does this thing i'm not trying to be someone else mm. see when we when authors when we we write a character we step into their shoes we become that character when we write them yeah. um we go through all their emotions all their experiences yeah. and and we put ourselves into that and we hope that when the reader reads it that they also step into those shoes and feel yeah. what these characters feel so um it sounds like what we do is the old-fashioned way of the acting um, no i know what you're saying but no i wouldn't say that <laughs> no i wouldn't say that because that's it's, um because we're still we're trying to do the same thing it's and, mm. and as, as an actor i'm trying to get inside that character that you created <laughs> and have all those emotions that you created when you wrote it exactly um, but, yeah. it, but it's the way just the way that i do it or the way i approach that challenge 
um, is that I need to think of it as me going in there, just as you did when you wrote it, actually. You probably thought of it as you going in there. You probably Exactly. Didn't. I became the character. But yeah, exactly. um, it's, it's not about, like you say, the essence and being two people. It's being right. the one person, but stepping into the shoes of yeah. the character you're playing. Yeah, good. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so um, what would uh, what would re readers get from reading your book if they're not into acting? What would they get? What would they take away from it? Yeah, it's a good question. And I've, I've had some really good reactions from from readers who are not actors. Um, almost all of us are interested in acting in one way or another because we all watch actors we we watch movies we watch television we see actors acting um uh so so what what that is is interesting but the different parts of my book will be more interesting for some people than others perhaps uh but the story of my life is a it's a biography i mean it's a uh, I, I went to many places. I was with many famous people, and, and you got you some stories to tell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so it's a perspective on the whole world of 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 entertainment of art that's created in the process of an actor impersonating another character. Um, mm. So, whether it's in the theater, whether it's in film or television or whatever, we all do that and. In fact, I'm astonished how often I listen to people analyzing film actors and they know nothing about it. And, oh, I like this actor. I like, oh, that actor, he's terrible. But they know nothing about what they're about. We, Well, we do do that, especially when yeah. we're watching a movie. It's like, oh, you yeah. know, we could do better than that. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's, they confuse the actor with the character and it's really the character they don't like. But Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. That's right, yeah. So um an actor or an want to be actor um what would they take away from the book what what lessons uh, are you giving them they get they get a good kickstart uh on their career really because uh they get a real perspective on on what the job is the different challenges of the job the different ways to approach it and and what i think uh, for many people will be a a better, more successful way to approach the job. Um, and what I find uh, when I when I'm teaching acting now or, is that so often the problems they've got into as in their actors and you try to fix them later mm. are in the way they perform, the way they entered the process, the way they began their work. Uh, and if you can begin the work in a productive discovery way, then you can build a foundation upon which your work so can grow. You would prefer to work with a beginner and teach them from the start rather than take someone who's already learnt the the process but not the right way because it's harder to get them out of it. Um, no, I like I like working with the experienced actor and showing them. <laughs> You know, you could have solved this problem by doing blah blah, um, and because I, I love the way the the light goes on and you go, oh yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, mean I, I think it's interesting for actors at all levels, and <clears throat> I think experienced actors and acting teachers and so on find the book interesting and possibly uh, challenging, or plus 
they may not agree, they, they may provoke um, uh, disagreement and whatever, and then that's fine too. Because uh, it makes them think. There's a lot of debate about how actors should approach the work. Mm. And, and ultimately, there is finally, there's no should, it's whatever works for you is going to be what works for you. But yeah. I think personally that there are better ways and worse ways. But but then, you know, I'm a certain person with a certain kind of mindset and a certain kind of way of, of thinking about issues. So it works for me, but something else may work better for someone else too. So. Fair, fair enough. So, so readers uh, and uh, wannabe actors and actors, this book is, is perfect for you. Um, it's going to uh, enlighten you. And as David said, it might even change who you are. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that was a that was a wonderful review of him. All right, so we we have to go now and and get some fan questions answered. Oh, okay. um, I had a lot, but I just chose a, a handful, uh, quite a bit of a mixture. So, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> okay. If the X Files returns to TV, what would you look most forward to about being back with? the cast members ah well it's people people ask that question or, or something like that question often but it's a strange business acting in film because i don't see all the cast members mm. um it depends so it depends on the on on the episodes Sometimes I might just see Mitch. Sometimes I might just see David. Sometimes none of them. Um, so, but I'd be delighted to see any of to, them. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, to be back in there again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, one of them was, do you still teach acting? And we've already said that you are still teaching. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is wonderful. Okay, what episode did you read the script of and it blew your mind? <laughs> um Talitha Kumi. If there I had you to go. Answer. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, did you think the X Files was going to be as popular as it was or still is when you first started? <laughs> well, I, I I joke about that because uh, the, the, I'm the last person who should be investing in these things because I had no idea. Well, as we said off the top. I'm I'm a skeptic, and so so uh, uh, a TV show about alien abduction just seemed no, <laughs> Didn't, no, no it way. Wasn't gonna is, work. No way this is going anywhere. I'm glad to do this episode, but that. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Yeah, I love it. Exactly. Love it. Okay. How do you feel about Carter rewriting the script and turning Cancer Cigarette Man into William's father? Oh, into William's father, not Mulder's father. Right, right. I understand what you said. Yeah, I understand the question. I, I got a little complicated through all of that. Um, <laughs> um, it's always fun to play something that is such a surprise. And, and I don't think... It, it was interesting because it created quite a stir because it suggested that I had sexually assaulted Scully. Um, and so we had to kind of, or Chris had to kind of clarify, clarify, clarify that that mm. was not what was meant. There was a, uh, a um, 
an operation that was done without her consent, if you like, but there was not a sexual assault. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I can so, see so, yeah, that. It, it got it got into a gray area in terms yeah, I mean, of. Uh, I, I can yeah. imagine. I mean. Why I wouldn't even have thought of of writing that, especially when you 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 Mulder's father, to to have then yeah. change the script and put that as being the father of, of William. It's like, where did that come from? Why 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 to do that? There's no reason to yeah. do that. But um, yeah. I think that's one of the the biggest plot twists in the in the series completely in, in, in the reboot yeah. for sure yeah yeah most definitely okay uh what is a facet of the character you thought wasn't explored enough um that's that also is a good question because we did explore it somewhat in the in the script that i sort of wrote on me um which is is why why does he do what he does is he really evil or is there is what he's doing is actually trying to preserve to his madness <laughs> yeah. um, but in truth i don't know how much uh, in a story you should do that i mean it's it's once how much do you give away yeah yeah, because because people want them, once the villain stops being really being a villain, then you've kind of lost your story to some extent. I mean, that that's the next yeah. question. What was it like playing the most hated character? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. You know, people ran away from me in elevators. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Every time you came on screen, you were like, "Oh no." the what's going to hit the fan <laughs> something major is going to happen in this yeah. episode cigarette man's here <laughs> yeah no that's fine um how terrible were the herbal cigarettes pretty terrible the only consolation is they're not addictive there's yeah. no way once you smoke them you want to smoke another one um, yeah they, they, they on the on the other hand because I was an ex-smoker, I had smoked when I was younger. I still always really enjoyed the activity, yeah. even though they smelled terrible or whatever. Um, you don't smoke now. No, I don't smoke. No, I, I had quit. I had quit um, almost twenty years before we did the show, and, and I have not gone back to it. <laughs> good, good. I'm, I'm. I was worried that you know because you had that habit so long of holding that cigarette and smoking that you actually started again in real life like well, some people do you know it would i mean to be honest it was a risk i used real cigarettes for the first two episodes i did yeah yeah and i could feel myself i could feel the addiction coming back and i, uh, I them, that's when we said no 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 more of this that's 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 really good um silly question <laughs> How were you able to take a missile in the face and survive? Yeah, I mean, I guess people could figure that out. It would solve <laughs> a lot of the world's problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'd have to ask Chris that. One is the modern science. What could I say? Yeah. <laughs> um, are you a shipper? Are you a, a, a scolder? Uh, no, I never really was a shipper uh, in that sense. Uh, <laughs> but I knew, a, I knew a lot of shippers. There's yeah. a huge fandom 
for, yeah. for Skolda, you know that, a huge yeah. fandom. Wow. Um, I think, uh, oh, there was one more and I didn't write it down. Something to do with someone met you at a con and you said something about you never want the Buffaloes to win. Oh, no, it wasn't at a con. That, well, we talked about it at a convention, but but it's in the script of uh, Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man that the cigarette smoking man says that he will never let the Buffalo Bills win uh, Super Bowl. Ah, uh, I'm not sure why, why he did that. But I've had a lot of fun with my friends who live in northern New York State with that. Every time <laughs> the come close, I say, no, no, forget it. They're not going to win. <laughs> they blame me. <laughs> so what's next for you? you? I know you're in Upload. Do you know how long that's going to keep going for? Because it's going into the third season now, isn't it? It's been... Yes, it's the second season that's that's showing at the moment. Mm -hmm. We have not shot the third season, but uh, it's been picked up for a third season and we expect to shoot it this summer and next fall. Wonderful. So I imagine it'll come out next fall. Um, Midnight Club, which I have a, a, in the first season, I have a small role. And in the second season, if there is a second season, it becomes a major role. But, but the first Wonderful. season will, will come out in October, as far as I understand. And this is uh, Midnight Club is? It's a uh, Mike Flanagan who did Midnight Mass, who did uh, Horrors of Hill House. He's in, in the horror world, he's quite famous and quite. Oh, what are you playing? Ah, ah, I play, I play someone with a very mysterious past. Oh, creepy. Ooh. <laughs> love it love it love it so so you've got upload and then that anything else coming up anything um, um i'm doing a play i'm doing a play in vancouver i'm doing a, a pinter play as an actor i'm doing uh in uh no man's land which we're going to do next fall so we're working on that now wow you never stop do you no <laughs> I'm but, still I mean, it, it's good though because because yeah. you don't you don't have to think about anything else you just keep yourself busy and enjoy yeah. and love what you do and i think that's yeah. amazing yeah yeah well um william it's been such an honor and thank you so much for for coming on the show and chatting with me and uh, having a laugh and and reminiscing and yeah. talking about your amazing new book and i hope everyone goes out and checks it out and of course your first book as well which is on audio and hardback and paperback so get those uh, check them out on amazon um Again, thank you so much. Uh, I, I wish you all the best with uh, everything you do because you're awesome. And it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Yeah. Thanks for watching the video, don't forget to subscribe and hit that like button.